0: I'm Mel and welcome back to Hyperfeminism the podcast. No, I need to re-record really that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mel. Welcome back to Hyperfeminism the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. This is episode four. Today, I'm going to be talking about the financial strains of chronic illness specifically endometriosis i was officially diagnosed with endometriosis in june of this year and my experience with treatment will probably resonate with you if you are someone who also suffers from a chronic illness especially something that has to do with your uterus um as we do face a lot of dismissal in the medical field i've been having pretty awful periods since they started When I first got my period, I was in year seven and they started with not so much cramps, but I always had really bad back pain in the lead up to and during my period. And over time that progressed and got worse and became a real marker for when I would get my period. And then that led to me ending up with really awful cramps, really heavy bleeding and periods that would last anywhere from nine to 11 days. And it was at the point where, it would take me a week to recover from my period. So it was almost three weeks out of a month uh, that were taken out by my period. So last year in my mid-year break, I went home to my mum's and I was sitting with her at one of my brother's football games and I started to have these really specific cramps that I get that are far worse than my normal period cramps and they pretty much result in me lying on the ground in the fetal position because straightening up my body is too painful and my mum sort of turned around to me and said this is enough like you can't keep having these um you need to go to a doctor and sort this out so this is sort of where the expense part <laughs> of endometriosis really started for me um so going for a consultation and at the time I didn't have a healthcare card, so I was paying whatever the gap fee is, which I think was like $70 to see a doctor who essentially told me that she didn't think that it was to do with my periods, but she listened to my symptoms and listened to me describe my pain. And then the first thing she asked me to do was get on a scale, um, which was pretty much the most awful feeling on the planet. Um, I did that. She begrudgingly agreed to send me for an ultrasound, even though at that point, I didn't know much about endometriosis, but I knew that it wouldn't show up on an ultrasound. Um, But she sent me off for that. I went for the ultrasound. It came back clear. And she told me that um, I was overweight. And if I lost weight, these IBS symptoms that I was having would go away and I'd be fine um that was pretty fucking humiliating and I up until this point hadn't really had any good experiences with the GP but this was definitely one of the worst I left feeling humiliated I left questioning whether my pain was actually real I left feeling self-conscious. I don't really know how to put it into words other than it was just fucking awful. So after this, it took me over six months to go back and see my GP here in Adelaide. And I'm so glad that I did because he really listened to me and really believed me. I love my GP. I shout out my GP at any opportunity because I think he's fantastic and The defining factor of that for me is that he just takes what I say at face value and he's never made me feel like he's questioning what I'm saying. I've been to him for my mental health care plan and for prescription of antidepressants and he has been absolutely fantastic in all of those arenas. So the next couple of months I spent seeing him. We tried me on pond stand to see if that would help at all. It made me uh, the most nauseous I've ever been in my entire life because it interacts with my antidepressants. We tried changing my birth control. We tried. God, I don't even know. Um, He decided it wasn't worth putting me through another ultrasound because he acknowledged that endometriosis wouldn't show up on an ultrasound and that also The chances that anything had changed that would have been visible um, in that six months was pretty low. So then he referred me on to a gynecologist. Um, The gynecologist he referred me to, um, unfortunately for all of his listening to my symptoms and making me feel heard, um, his referral essentially just said, thank you for seeing Mallory for pelvic pain that seems to coincide with her cycle. The gynecologist that he referred me to wasn't taking non-urgent patients and from that referral I clearly wasn't urgent and she passed my referral on to another gynecologist who is my gynecologist now. I was really lucky being able to get in to see her quite quickly and that was uh, in January this year. I'd been referred to see her privately which did speed up the process of being able to see her but it meant that that visit with my healthcare card cost me $90. So that was kind of a bit of a shock. Um because I'm a student, but I'll get into the financial side of this um, a bit more in a minute. Um, I saw her and after talking to her about my symptoms and about my life, she told me that she wanted to see me again. She put me on different medications and gave me some more medications to try that were just over the counter to help alleviate some of my symptoms. And then she referred me to see her, but at a public hospital. This is probably the biggest acknowledgement that I've had throughout my diagnosis process of the fact that healthcare is expensive. And once I told her that I was a student and I was living out of home and out of state for my family, um, it really wasn't even a question for her. She just referred me to see her publicly. However, the cost of going through the public system rather than the private system is time. In my case, at least, you sit about three months between appointments which can be really fucking difficult to digest because it means your appointments are generally all right. So try this medication and we're changing your hormone therapy or birth control to this and try this. And I want you to document when you feel like this and this and this. See you in three months. So by the time that three months comes around, chances are nothing's helped and you're back to feeling like absolute shit. Um, And like, this is going to be your life forever. And that was pretty much the case for me. I tried the things that she told me to try, and nothing really helped. There was one medication that she put me on that I felt like might have been making a difference in just my everyday pain that I was experiencing, but that was about it. So when I went to see her for the first time at the public hospital, she took me through what a laparoscopy is and put me on the waiting list for that surgery. So essentially, a laparoscopy is a fairly like non-invasive surgery where they use a camera to look inside your pelvis and they can then cut out um, endometriosis tissue. (laughs) Unfortunately, time and the public system really came into play there again. The waiting list for surgery can be up to a year. I was lucky that I had another appointment with her after I'd been put on the waiting list in which My urgency for surgery was upped as my symptoms seemed to not alleviate at all. And I was also put on the cancellation list. So about three months after I was put on that list, I was given a call from the hospital to say that um, a time had come up. And if I would like it, without even checking my calendar, (laughs) I agreed and scheduled it in. Because I went through the public system... There was a chance that my surgery would be cancelled on the day if there were emergent things that came in and the surgeons couldn't do it. But it did mean that when I had the surgery, I wasn't out of pocket. Some people, that's not the case. And I didn't really have the headspace to think about where I would have been at if this had have taken a year because I'm not sure I would have been able to wait that long for a diagnosis and then could have been out of pocket thousands of dollars for surgery. For me, medication is really the biggest expense um, around my endometriosis. I'm currently on two medications. When I was taking the pill as birth control, I was on three that are all monthly expenses. I'm lucky that all my medications are under the PBS scheme. When I had surgery, I changed from the pill to a marina, and luckily with a healthcare card that cost me $5.50 and that can last me up to five years, even though it will probably only be there for three for me with my condition. But this is probably a lifelong thing. There is no cure for endometriosis and the best thing that they have within the medical field is suppression of menstruation and ovulation. The chances that I'll still end up on the pill as well as the Marina are pretty high. The other thing that comes into play with chronic health conditions is mental health. So the added expenses of antidepressants being half of the medication that I'm on as well as therapy Therapy is not cheap, especially when you need uh, constant therapy because endometriosis really does weigh on my mental health. It feels like this is a thing that I'm going to be living with forever, that I'm going to be in pain forever. Learning to live with that is really fucking difficult. My pain is very much a trigger for my depression and for my anxiety, when it does get to points where I can't get out of bed and I can't interact. So that's something that's really difficult. And that is, at least for now, ongoing. There are also other things that come into play, like my pelvic floor spasms that I may or may not need Botox injected into my pelvic floor to treat which cannot be done through the public system there are only like two or three people in Adelaide in particular that can do it and it costs the same as if you were putting it into your face except you need more because it's bigger muscles so if the physical therapy that I'm currently doing is not enough for these spasms that's the next seven hundred dollars that I'm looking at out of pocket I currently am in a clinical trial, which is run by the physiotherapy department at my hospital, which has been maybe the best thing for my pain and for actually understanding what the hell is going on. Because up until this point, all of my understanding of my condition and all of my education around my condition has come from me. Unfortunately, living with a women's health condition and living with a condition that has to do with a uterus means that most of the doctors I see, I have a better understanding of my condition than they do. And I have a better understanding of the treatments. I have a better understanding of and how difficult it really is to live with the pain that I'm in. And while going into that clinical trial has been great because it's meant that the physio and other services within that trial have been free, it's not a magic cure because there is no cure which sort of comes into the thing that's really difficult. This is a chronic condition that really prevents me from working. So as much as this condition is a financial strain, it also means that I can't be on my feet for hours at a time on a retail shift. I can't do things such as simple, like, I can't do things as simple as lift boxes or even sit at a desk for hours on end because my muscles will spasm, and I'll end up on the floor. And even days that are good, if I push it too far, I'll end up on the floor the next day, and possibly for days after that. The detriment of this pain doesn't stop when a flare-up stops, because once the flare-up, once the physical pain stops or eases off, you then have to deal with the exhaustion that comes with it. I'm really lucky that when I go home over my breaks, I work at the school that I've been working at since I finished high school. They are super understanding and super flexible around my condition and I'm really lucky for that. Um, I'm really lucky that I tend to just pick up loose admin or organisational or education support roles that they need filled as well as being part of that swimming program where they uh, really do help to uh, run it in a way that my body can handle. The detriment of that is that even if endometriosis sufferers could qualify for disability through government services, because I have that source of income, the chances that I will ever qualify are so incredibly low. So essentially I do live off my savings throughout the year. I receive some um, money from Centrelink but really not much and they continue to cut it um, to the point where now it covers only just over half of my rent. The monetary aspect of my condition really brings a whole nother level of stress into living with it. It's not just like I have to handle trying to study in pain and trying to make sure I get to uni and can go to all of my classes but I'm also stressed over paying rent (laughs) and being able to afford groceries and I'm really lucky that my mum is a literal godsend to this earth and we make do and I'm really lucky to have an incredible roommate who is super understanding when I can't pay her back for groceries for a fortnight and I try to do all of the cooking to compensate for that but the financial aspect of it adds so much stress which is not only a detriment to my mental health but when I'm already under stress about something like money that can be so overwhelming. It makes slipping into pain so easy. (laughs) It makes it such a constant thing too. You don't really come in and out of it. You tend to just go up and down uh, when you're so stressed out. So that can be uni stuff. That can be other mental health stuff. Money stuff is huge, obviously. Yeah, really anything, especially when you can be stressed about being in pain and anxious about being in pain, It really (laughs) becomes a vicious, never-ending cycle. The reality is in my diagnosis journey, I've been really, really, really lucky. To have a about a year turnaround between seeing someone for the first time and having a surgery is sort of unheard of. And I'm really lucky that the gynecologist I ended up with really does think that surgery is not like a last resort thing necessarily not that it, that we didn't try things beforehand but she does think that surgery and diagnosis are important for pain management um, especially when I saw her for my post-op appointment and she explained what they found and then actually showed me before and after photos like this is where it was and this is what it looked like and look here it's gone so now we can really focus on Healing and retraining your nervous system and the rest of your muscles, but also look at where the muscles that come through your pelvis and into your hips look how close they are to where the tissue damage was, to where the endometriosis was growing. That clearly contributes to your pain. Like we know that, we know that with the physio, which is what is so great about being in two programs within the same hospital. All my notes are in the same file, so they can flip back and forth between, which means I get reasonably consistent medical advice. And they go off each other and don't seem to have that sort of God complex where um, what they think is the thing and that is the thing that is going to work for you. And if you don't try it, then you're not working hard enough. As much as I resent having to do things to fix my pain, I resent that I'm not someone who has a period and can take two Nurofen and then they're fine. Like It makes me so, so upset that this is my life and this is my reality. But there isn't much of a choice when it is you can try all of these things, most of which probably won't work and will be incredibly defeating and awful, but something might. And that's definitely what I've found through this process. Nothing has been a magical cure-all. That just doesn't seem to exist. Um, And I am constantly losing hope that something like that will exist ever. But there are things that help alleviate certain symptoms. And they're not always things that you're gonna find through a doctor, especially if your doctor isn't very helpful for you, which can very much be the thing for a lot of people. You definitely like engage with spaces, especially through the internet, support groups through like Facebook and pages on Instagram, because you will pick up things from those that will help, but you can't expect anything to change your life. Which is so frustrating. And it's frustrating because women's health is so underprioritized. Women's health research is so unprioritised and, you know, how many different ways are there that they can do a boob job or a butt lift, but the only way that my chronic pain condition can be diagnosed is through a surgery and there's no cure. And like, I've got nothing against plastic surgery. I don't have an issue with it at all. Uh, Well... (laughs) Um, I have an issue that, like, it's a societal construct to profit off women's insecurities. However, if there are things that you can change that will make you happy, like, seek your joy. But it's so fucking infuriating that the medical advancements that have to do with women happen in cosmetic surgeries. You know, I could talk about endo and living with endo and the difficulties with being taken seriously by medical professionals when your pain and suffering has to do with your uterus. I could talk about this for years, literally for years. Um, Unfortunately, that will take too long to upload to the internet. (laughs) So this is what we get. (laughs) Um, If you are looking for a diagnosis, it's really rough. And all of my thoughts and all of my love is with you. And if there's anything that I've talked about that, like, you want more information on, like, feel free to DM me on any of my social medias or, like, send me an email. It's hyperfeminism at gmail.com. i at hyperfeminism on Instagram, at hyperfeminism with an underscore on Twitter. And I'm just hyperfeminism on Facebook. Like, feel free to send me a DM. Like, I will send you all of the information that I've been given by medical professionals for whatever um, you're interested in. Yeah, like I say, I'm not a doctor. However, from my experience other people suffering from this sort of thing, whether that be endometriosis or adenomyosis or PCOS or chronic pain conditions in general, because there's so much overlap between chronic pain conditions, have often been more helpful than medical professionals. So, you know, take from that what you will. Um, And just remember that there is no shame with having a condition that associates with your uterus. As women, we're taught to feel shame about literally everything, especially when it comes to our bodies. So please, please, please talk about your periods because that's how you will find out if you or someone you know has something happening to them or they're experiencing something that isn't normal. Once you're over 19, your period should not be incredibly painful that is not normal and so often women are just taught to suck it up and it's fine and it's just period pain it's just cramps like you'll leave it's not that bad and you start to lose your mind a little bit but you know your body and your pain is real because you feel it um so please do everything in your power to not let anyone take away from you that your experience is real because it is and your pain is real if there's anything that i can do please reach out um on the internet, literally all of the time. (laughs) Um, And thank you for listening. Um, I hope that if you're sort of in the same boat that like you found something here that sort of is a little comforting to know that you're not the only one. Or if... You know, this isn't a thing that you experience. I really hope that you learn something and you maybe understand like what we're going through a bit more because people who don't suffer from it, their words can often really, really hurt just because they don't understand it. Even if it's not meant maliciously, like telling me that it can't be that bad or that like you can't believe that that's a symptom like, isn't helpful. Um... <laughs> So please be a supportive, wonderful person to whoever in your life needs you because like when we're talking about endo, we're one in 10. There's numbers coming out that suggest we're even one in nine. This is not uncommon. Keep fighting the good fight and I will see you next time. Bye.